Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look at movies from different generational perspectives. And I'm Peter, an 80s baby. And today, joining me, I have a special guest, Nicole from Talking Shauna Land. How you doing, Nicole? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, you are from Talking Shauna Land, which is actually a sister show of my other show that we do, uh, I do with Devin called We Got Five on the Core Temp Parts uh, Network. Indeed, I am. Podcast with Carly. Yeah, a uh, friend of the show, obviously. Uh, regular listeners will remember her from uh, many uh, episodes that she has appeared on. Um, now, for those that, well, this is the first time you're on, obviously, but uh, for those that are not familiar with Talking Shondaland, can you tell them a little bit about that show and what you and Carly discuss? Sure. Uh, basically, we discuss everything that's related to Shonda Rhimes and TGIT. So that's your Grey's Anatomy, your Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and eventually she'll be coming out with the Catch, a new one that she has. So we just we basically review everything about the shows, kind of briefly discuss them, our thoughts, our opinions, our you know, our outcomes, that kind of thing. So. And you guys uh, don't go like full in depth, but you guys do take turns for each show on uh, per episode, right? Weekly. Yeah, correct. We we kind of we do it different every now and again. Like we were doing a recap in the beginning, then we were going scene by scene, then we were kind of trying to break it down, you know, by character. So, you know, kind of trying to shorten it, but get you know all the main points out. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a very good listen. Um, Grey's is pro- probably the only uh, Shonda Rhimes show I don't watch, uh, but I do still listen to the entire thing just because, you know, supporting uh, my fellow sisterin. Uh, I guess I can call you brethren. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> but um, OK, so today uh, we are reviewing Drop Dead Fred. It's a 1991 comedy uh, which you chose. Uh, I, I'm surprised yeah. that this is one of your uh, childhood favorites. It's one of like many, but I haven't seen it in the longest time. But every now and again, I'll randomly just think of this show. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen it forever. I should watch it. But it's yeah, actually hard I, to find unless you buy, I guess, the DVD. It, it, it is uh, hard to find. Uh, <laughs> I did watch it. I want to say I watched it often when I was a kid. And I'm sure I had it on VHS. Um, yeah. I hadn't seen it probably in two decades, yeah, maybe, you least. know, so, uh, yeah, so upon watching it, there was a lot of things I really didn't remember. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. But surprisingly, it's also PG-13. I don't know if you remember that. No. Okay. Uh, so it's, um, let me see here, it's directed by, and I'm going to butcher this because I think the guys from... Um, I don't know where he's from. He's he's uh, foreign, but the director is Eight De Jong. But uh, it stars with uh, stars Phoebe Cates uh, as Lizzie Elizabeth Cronin, uh, Rick Mayall, uh, rest in peace, who plays Drop Dead Fred. Uh, Marsha Mason plays her mom Polly. Tim Matheson is Charles, aka Charlie, her husband. Um, this one was surprising because I don't remember this at all. But Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, as Janie, her her best friend. Oh wow. That was that was weird to see. Um and I think that's it. And we'll go ahead and give credit to Ashley Peldon, who plays the the young Elizabeth as well. She has a pretty good role in here. Um but 
before we get into the review of the movie, I wanted to take a, a little trip back to uh, 1991 around the, the release of this movie and just kind of go over like some of the movies and some of the music. But uh, let's start with the music. Some of the biggest hits around that time. Tell me if you know this one. Uh, the group is High Five. And the song is oh, I Like no. the Way. Yeah. You know that one? I do. I like the way. Go ahead, sing that one. You know that? No? No. I'm not going to sing it, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, <laughs> but no, I do remember the group. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, this song I'm not too familiar with, but it's by, uh, by Mariah Carey, I Don't Want to Cry. I Don't Want to Cry. If I heard it, maybe. Yeah. So, it, But the title doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it's it was like number one for two weeks. But yeah, because I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, I don't know that one. So I looked it up and I was like, yeah, I guess it just wasn't that, you know, this doesn't have a place in history, I guess. Like, yeah, because yeah, I don't remember it all. How about um, More Than Words by Extreme? More Than Words. Yeah, I kind of remember Saying that one. Extreme. I love you is not the words I want to hear from you. <laughs> So anyone that heard me from We Got Five, we sing a lot on there, too. Uh, so that one. And then Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. That's a really good one, too. Mm, nice. Yeah. Uh, now, movies. Tell me if you've uh, heard any of these movies. Let's see. Thelma and Louise. Yes. Uh, Backdraft. I know it, but I didn't see it. I, th- I want to say William Baldwin was in that one. Okay. And Robert De Niro. Uh, what about Bob? Didn't see that one. Didn't see that one, but you know that one. No. Bill Murray? No? Bill Murray? Bill, uh, Bill Murray not... and um, Richard Dreyfus, I think, was in that one. No. I, I could be remembering it wrong. But those uh, are were some of the biggest movies uh, that came out around that time. And I, I guess if you want to count Mannequin 2, what was also, <laughs> also came out <laughs> around that time, too. Uh, so, yep, that's basically it. Um, so we'll get, we'll get into the movie now. Drop Dead Fred. It's about uh, Lizzie, Phoebe Cates, who um, you know people will remember her from both Gremlin movies. Mm-hmm. Which, upon watching this, she's not really playing anything different from that character either from from the movie Gremlins. I mean, even the way she kind of dresses, she's very mousy. I guess I don't know if you can call her that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the uh, she has an imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was also in Fast Times at Richmond High. I think a lot of, um, you know, guys okay. my age may, may, maybe remember a certain scene with her in, a, in the swimming pool. But um, <laughs> did you recognize anybody else other than Princess Leia and Phoebe Cates? No, those were the two main ones. I want to say that um, he, he's not even a boyfriend. He's just like a, like a childhood oh. friend of hers. The guy Mickey. Ron, Ron Eldard. Uh, I when I saw him in the movie, I recognized him, but I wonder if I only knew him from that movie. Uh, but looking up some of his other stuff, I guess he was in Sleepers, which it's been a while. I wouldn't even, even remember it, but um, he had a part in Black Hawk Down, Super Eight. Um, I'm trying to go back to maybe back in the '80s here a little bit. Um, hmm. so oh, scent of well, scent of a woman. I mean. I wouldn't remember him from that, but I guess no. he's done um, some TV, you know, on ER. Yeah, I was gonna say I just saw he was on ER. Yeah, yeah, 
see like these bigger movies that I do know of, I don't remember him in it at all. So I guess I only yeah. remember him from this. He kind of looks like a poor man's Corey Haim, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, Ron Eldard. So if anyone knows him from anything else, give us a holler there. Yeah, I've seen him in like little random things, but I never realized what his name was. But I've always oh, yeah. seen him in things. I can't remember Saying any it kind names. of sounds weird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ron Eldard. I was like, mm, it doesn't come off the tongue at all. Um, okay, so let's start with the uh, the beginning of the movie a little bit. Um, you know, we get young Elizabeth. She's being read uh, a bedtime story by her mom. It's, it's a really brief scene. And I guess it kind of sets the tone a little bit. Um, because after the story... Uh, Lizzie, she asks her mom what happens to the princess, and her mom kind of makes something up and says um, they live happily ever after or something like that. And then Lizzie says, "What a pile of shit!" So, and then, <laughs> and then, it, then it starts off with like um, this animated opening. So, so right off the bat, you already get like this little. How old do you think she is? Like five, six years old? Yeah, at least six. Yeah, and then she says that. So I, so I guess you're like, okay, well, now, now they're swearing in this movie. Um, so, so that was surprising, but I, again, it kind of sets the tone a little bit. But uh, we jumped 21 years later, and now it's uh, Lizzie is played by Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. and there's this scene where she's like giving herself a pep talk uh, in the car, and I guess she's on her lunch hour, um, and she's you know trying to kind of psych herself up and. Uh, to go see her husband, Charlie, who is a salesman at a, a Jaguar company. So, you know, kind of snob, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, she goes in to talk to him and he's completely brushing her off. And um, I guess he's been cheating on her with some woman named Annabella uh, in, in their own home. And he's just like, well, you said... You know, you you told me to to go move in with her, and I'm totally gonna move in with her. And she's like, "No, I I didn't I didn't say that." And so, like, I don't know. Like, do you do you remember that scene at all? And no, I don't remember how that went. I do remember them getting into like an argument and her finding out. Yeah, um, it, but didn't thought, he well, kick her out? Um, kind of. He he was basically like trying to end the relationship when she wanted to work it out. And he's like, you know, the, these two years with you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, it, it's three years. <laughs> you know, and so he doesn't even remember like how long they've been together. Um, it's yeah. that kind of marriage. But as the movie goes on, I kind of find out that she's like super kind of naive. And I don't know. I don't know if I'd want her as a wife. She's not very... I don't know she, what's the word here. She's not very like, what do you want to say? Like assertive. She just kind yes. of, whatever he says, she just kind of takes and goes with, you know? Yeah. She doesn't say how she feels or, you know, if he doesn't want to work it out, she's just like, well, now what do I do kind of thing? So, yeah. Yeah. She, she has the worst of luck. Um, mm-hmm. Shortly after this, uh, she gets her car broken into in broad daylight while she's on the uh, at, at a payphone. So that dates the movie. Uh, and, and if it wasn't that, it was the shoulder pads that she was wearing. You know, um, <laughs> those lovely big shoulder she, pads. Yeah, throughout the entire movie, like everyone. Um, <laughs> and then after her car gets broken into, another guy walks by and then like steals her car, like like in ten seconds. <laughs> and and then she goes to work, and we find out like she's their stenographer. And then like the judge fires her on the spot. And I'm yeah. all like, 
Yeah, like, well, don't you kind of need her, you know, for this case or whatever? Because like the uh, the the suspect or whatever it is, the the person, the defendant, I guess we can call him that. He, he was like, um, I guess he overheard her story and he was like, just do what I did. Plead insanity. And, you know, <laughs> like everyone starts laughing at her and stuff. But I'm just like, really, the judge is going to fire her like in the middle of the case because she was late from her lunch break. I don't know. I thought that was a little. Yeah, that was a little weird. That's what kind of made it like, all right, this isn't exactly real life kind of situation, but. No, it is not. (laughs) Um, So after she gets fired, she runs into Mickey, right? Her childhood friend uh, who I guess is there finalizing a divorce. And then he reminds her of her imaginary friend, Fred. And then, you know, we also find out that, like, no one really likes her mom. Her mom is very uh, overbearing and, um, uh, I, I guess, overbearing, I think, kind of sums it all, really. Yeah, controlling. Yeah, she she really is. Um, after she gets fired, we meet Janie, again, who's played by Carrie Fisher. And I did not recognize her at all. She had really short hair mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of a, a small scene. Now, Janie is, I thought she was a coworker. Maybe. No, no. She, I think they work in the same building, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, now they I were kind of like, they were kind of like friends, like acquaintances slash friends that in was, a sense. Right. That was her only friend really because i know later on janie's like uh you know when when uh lizzie goes to her and it's like oh you know dropped it fred you know he was my best friend she's like i thought i was your best friend so mm-hmm. i guess she's kind of like her only friend question mark it's it's really weird the, the relationship between the two is really weird and and janie is like sleeping with this older man named murray i think it was or murphy mm-hmm. um which was really weird too but um <laughs> Lizzie's mom, I guess, had heard about the the breakup. I, I guess we, we're calling it a breakup right now. They, they didn't divorce or anything like that. But her mom is at her house waiting for her and decides to take Lizzie back to their house, her childhood home. Mm-hmm. And so we see the relationship between the two right now, you know, and uh, Lizzie's saying like, yes, mother. Thank you, mother. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just rolling my eyes. I'm like, you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, she's supposed to be like, let's say 28 or something like that and still talking to her mom like that. Uh, what do you think about the relationship between Lizzie and her mother, Polly? I always found it to be really annoying and frustrating because like thinking back on it, I was like, it's probably the whole relationship between Lizzie and that guy was probably arranged by the mom. Like she probably went out, found her, set her up on, you know, whatever, just to get her out, you know, to be taken care of. So the mom wasn't taking care of her. And now that like all went to hell and now the mom's back having to take care of her. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I think I don't know if this weirded you out, but do you feel that there's like a like a big age gap between Lizzie and her husband? Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me uh, feel like it was almost arranged or set up. Yeah, because like Lizzie uh, appears to be like, you know, late 20s. And I want to say her husband, Charlie, um, is like early 40s. Yeah, at least it seems that way. Yeah, because he doesn't look anywhere in his 30s. And I don't know if, I mean, Phoebe Cates, she looks extremely young, period. Mm-hmm. You know, she like she could she could have been 35 and she she looks 28. But um, she's also like half Chinese Filipino as well. So some of that mm-hmm. Asian blood, you know, keeps her looking young a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, 
So she's up in her room and she was in her closet and finds an old taped up Jack in the Box. And in the middle of the night, it starts playing by itself. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I know this is a kid's movie, but if a Jack in the Box started playing by itself in the middle of the night, I'd be a little scared. Yeah, I'd throw it out the window. Yeah, but yeah, she opens it up and uh, out comes a little doll, uh, you know, a little green doll. But then it turns out to be uh, Fred. You know, he kind of we don't see him in large, but, you know, we, we kind of off off frame. You kind of know that he kind of enlarges into mm-hmm. a, a real person, but he recognizes her right away. And um, I thought it was really funny because he thinks that she's uglier since she's older, which I'm like, well, actually, you know, uh, did you find it weird that maybe it's not so weird because it's an imaginary guy, but did you think it was weird at all because he's like a, like a grown man and is the imaginary uh, friend of a, a little girl. Do you find that weird? Or do you think that... I think... I guess it's just imaginary. At that time... At that time when I would watch it, no. Like, if you would think back on it now and see it, maybe. But at that time, no. I didn't think it was weird or unusual. Yeah, because it kind of... I felt that it was a little unusual. I mean, for this time around. Obviously, as a kid, I, I didn't think anything of it. But um, I don't think there's one scene where I thought it was it was inappropriate, you know, with uh, him and then Lizzie being a young girl. Mm-hmm. But I just I, I just found it interesting that he kept on attaching himself to a young girl, you know, and I'll go ahead and spoil it now. I mean, it's came out in 91. But mm-hmm. uh, later mm-hmm. on, he attaches himself to uh, Mickey's l- little daughter. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, so there he goes again, an- another little girl. So yeah, like when you think about it now, yeah, it's it would probably be kind of weird and creepy, and I think it's just because of maybe what we, we have read kids. in the news, and yeah, yeah, that so, could be it too. But yeah, at that time, I was just like, oh, cool, he's a goofy yeah. guy running around doing things. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, some of the things that he does, um, I, I completely forgot about this, but uh, one of his terms of in, uh, endearment for her is not face. And yeah. so, like one of, the, yeah, he's like, oh, I forgot to give her some, uh, forget to give you something, and he picks his nose and just wipes it on her face. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was kind of funny. And then, like the first thing he does, so when Lizzie first came home with her mom, there's this, um, the living room is kind of sectioned off, you know, with like a tape saying. You know, do not walk because like, uh, I guess her mom had just like cleaned the carpets. So mm-hmm. Fred, the first thing he does is he goes outside to step in dog poop, you know, comes in and starts wiping it all over. And then he even rubs it all over the, the white seats. And um, I don't know. It was just it was, it was really gross. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the next morning we see Lizzie coming down the stairs. She she thought everything, you know, it was all a dream. And her mom is like on her hands and knees, like cleaning the dog poop off the carpet. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, I do like the uh, the scene where Lizzie's making coffee for for um, the two of them, you know, for her mom and her. And then she asks, uh, do you remember my imaginary friend? Her mom's like, no, I don't remember Drop Dead Fred. And I'm like, okay, of <laughs> course, because it's supposed to be a kid's movie. And they would totally say that in a kid's movie like that. And then he pops up and then he's like, oh, the mega bitch. And I'm like, oh, my God, he just totally called her that. And I didn't remember that word, you know, and I think as a kid, it just kind of went over my head. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that was that was the only time he said it. So it made me laugh because I was like, how many times did he say that to her like as a child? See, and I'm glad you brought that up because as a child, and I was looking for that too. Uh, but as a child, she uh, he calls her Mega Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I think that only comes up the one time where he actually calls her the B word, and then from like here on out, it's a, she's referred to as the Mega Beast. And so we kind of find out that um, uh, him being the imaginary friend, her mom is actually like his arch nemesis in a sense. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah, because she was always getting in the way and yelling at her about him not being real or whatever the case was. You know, and. You bringing that up, he's not real, but everything he does, if 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 an adult was standing there and she was just sitting there at the, you know, let's say at the at the dinner table, the little Lizzie, and Fred were to pick something up, would somebody else see that object levitating or would they see Lizzie doing that? You, you, are you, do you get what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Because... It seems like everything always went on behind the person. So like if he was standing behind the mom and Lizzie was looking like he would be doing whatever, like maybe holding a bowl of cereal over her head or whatever the case may be, like he was going to dump it on her. And that's what would make her laugh and like get yelled at basically because whatever she may do next. But I don't know. I don't think anybody else would see it. Yeah, because he tends to do things when no one's looking. Right. No, you're right. See, and that's the thing. I I don't know if this movie establishes these rules and I wasn't really looking for them. But, you know, now now talking about it, it does make me think because it is an imaginary friend. So in theory, Fred does not exist to us. Mm -hmm. Right. So all the things that he does, they happen. But who's really doing it if we are watching? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. is it is it Lizzie, you know, throwing things out the window and breaking them? Is she making the mud pie herself? You know, things like that, that that physically she really couldn't do. So that's that's an interesting thing. And I wish that the the movie did kind of, you know, create these rules, you know, for Mm -hmm. us to kind of see. So that but um, yeah, interesting. Uh, We get a little physical comedy uh, with Fred and it's. This is how I knew I did watch it often enough because, like, you know, I'm watching things unfold. And I'm like, oh, my God, that totally happened. So there's that scene where, like, um, her mom opens up the fridge and he sticks his head in there and then she slams it on his head. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls his head out. It was like a huge pancake face. And um, so that <laughs> nice I completely flattened. forgot. Yeah, nice and flattened. And then he, there's this thing that he does where he always, like, slides himself under between, like, a uh, w- women's legs. Yeah. And so so he looks up her mom's dress and he's like cobwebs she got cobwebs <laughs> and i had a pretty legit laugh because like I, I don't remember that obviously now i understand what cobwebs are you know her mom's old <laughs> you know so he's completely throwing shade i thought that was really funny like i don't i always remembered like him doing that and i'm like but it always went over my head and i'm like why is he doing that i'm like why is he under people's skirts like i don't know like at that age it just kind of went over my head i'm like all right whatever but and like you said before how he got his head stuck in the fridge. Why wasn't he able to open up the door and pull his head out? Right. You know what I mean? Like he's lifting other things, throwing things or whatever the case may be, breaking things. Why can't he open the door and, you know, get his head out instead of pulling it out? So that's another one. Yeah, you're right. I want to say because like, um, I guess with (laughs) physics and logics, 
you're right yeah because if he just popped his head out then the door would just open right so ma- but also maybe. Rizzi's the one who believes in him so maybe yeah. that's what gives him the ability to do all those things yeah to an adult who can't see him and doesn't believe in him yeah i i do like um phoebe kate's like uh like facial reactions to it because i i think she's really cute yeah she's like like, like like a little doll but um <laughs> yeah she's really really quirky i just i just wish that she didn't play this type of role, you know, like the gremlins, you know, for those that mm-hmm. haven't seen this movie, I, first off, I'm not sure why anybody would listen to the review if they hadn't seen it, but also <laughs> it's, um, yeah, if you hadn't seen this movie, she's playing the exact same character from the gremlins movies. She's very mm-hmm. mousy, um, you know, doesn't assert herself in anything and kind of a, kind of a pushover, I guess, I, I guess yeah. you can call her that, you know, yeah, so pretty much. C- kind of, um, typecast it i guess because this is 91 i don't remember when gremlins 2 came out but for sure the first gremlins came out in 84 because that was one of the first movies that became pg-13 mm-hmm. yeah gremlins um, 2 came out in 90 oh okay see so the year before this movie yeah in- interesting okay so so Fred and her start talking. He finds out, you know, that she's married and he's just like oh that's gross you know only girls get married <laughs> And so I I don't know what he considered her as a little girl. So like I don't know maybe Lizzie was just like well I'm not a girl because I'm never getting married kind of thing. But um, I like that uh, Fred is so disgusted with the idea of her being married. He's just like um, what is it? I, I forget. Well, he he wants to help her out with Charlie, and she doesn't want his help for good reason. But there's a line that he says that I just thought was uh was really funny. He says, Goodbye forever and I I hope you die horribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this is how he talks to the little girl, you know. Um I what do you think of the uh the character of Fred? I liked him. And I think that might be why I I might be like one of the only people who enjoyed this movie. But I don't know. I just really liked him. I loved how he was just so loud and he said what he wanted whether it was nice polite rude ignorant whatever the case may be i just loved him like i was always laughing when i watched this movie yeah i did too and you kind of um i think you're saying what a lot of us you know if we had like fred as an imaginary friend i mean if you think about it like later on that scene uh lizzie is having lunch with mickey you know in the restaurant and um like fred is messing with her while you know, there she's having lunch, you know, where uh, he throws things at other people or he's about to like toss her plate and she grabs it. And and they're, they're both like kind of fighting each other with the plate. And then uh, Mickey's like, oh, so he grabs his plate and he's like, he, he sniffs it and he's like, mm, that smells good, <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> so they, they're having that exchange. But the um, there's a couple other things uh, that she does there. And he's just like, why did you do that? And she's like, uh, because I'm crazy. He goes, that's what I love about you. You know, because like you're crazy in your own way. And then he starts throwing things. And then he like uh, knocks the plates out of the, the waiter's hands. And, you know, so so Fred kind of allows her to do things that she otherwise wouldn't. And like, so Mickey sees this. He's like, man, I, I want to be able to do these things, too. So I guess with Fred, yeah, he just causes a lot of chaos but i think to us as kids you know we're like that's that's really fun i wish i could do things like that yeah i for that scene there i really just enjoyed the fact that he didn't look at her like she was 
insane for like throwing the plate across the room or whatever the case was. I enjoyed the fact that he kind of joined in on the fun with her. Right. Yeah. Ultimately leading them to getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- um, now there, there was a flashback uh, and I thought this scene was kind of telling about her past a little bit, but there's a flashback scene where they're playing burglars. And um, I think this is when I noticed that the, the little Lizzie is wearing a wig. Did you ever get that? Do you recall like her hair at all? No. Uh, the reason I bring that up because it looked, well, first it looked a little poofy. So I was like, I think she's wearing a wig. But um, the actress who plays her, uh, Ashley Peldon, she, um, in her more recent pictures, she's 31 now. Uh, in her more recent pictures, she appears to be a blonde. And I don't know if she's a natural blonde. So I, I was thinking, okay, that might be one reason. But later on, th- they're cutting Lizzie's hair, you know, little Lizzie. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe that's what it is too. Like it, it's a wig. So that way they can cut it later on. I don't know. But the, yeah. th- this burglar bur- burglar scene where they're, you know, playing, you know, uh, hidden treasure and things like that. This is where I kind of noticed, like, I think that's a wig because her, her hair just looks too big for that little body. Yeah. You know what? I can understand that because it did look like she had a mop on her head. Yeah. Um, it was like really long and poofy. Yeah. Also in this scene, we find out that she's allergic or she gets allergies to um, to flowers. And I thought it was mm-hmm. to certain flowers, but she just kind of sneezes easily, I guess is what we were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a setup for something else later. But um, if she has these allergies, why are these flowers even in the house is kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I it's it's a good device i guess you can call it because so when she sneezes she can blow fred away you mm-hmm. know like he just starts like flying all over the house you know and bumping things and i don't know if it hurts him because like anytime she's about to sneeze he's like oh no oh no you know whatever he has like a like a reaction to it yeah um i don't i don't know because doesn't he it looks like he almost kind of shrinks a little bit and turns into like a little ball Kind of like when he popped out of the uh, the Jack in the Box. Yeah. 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 So he like kind of does. As he goes back into that form. So maybe. Yeah. That could be it. Um, so when they're playing burglars, they're, you know, um, they're kind of robbing from her parents. You know, they're throwing things into a bag and then that wakes up the parents. And then they call the cops and then the cops show up and, um, I th- I think like little Lizzie and Fred, they're they're trying to tell the cops, no, no, it it was us that did it, and like none of the cops are listening. But the cops, I guess they break into like their house unannounced. They don't even say, hey, you know, the police or whatever. They go in, and then like her dad thinks that the cops are the robbers, and then he attacks them, and then gets arrested. So <laughs> I thought I thought that was a little weird there. And at first I was like, is that what happened to her dad? And um. You know, we find out later exactly what happened, but I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that, the the whole dad attacking the cop thing. I, I just thought, like, I kind of get the scene, and I was like, well, her dad didn't go away for a long time, you know, like, in jail. Yeah. But I was just like, for the cops to kind of come in unannounced, that's that's their fault, <laughs> and they arrested the man. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like those weird little events like that that happen throughout the movie that you're just kind of like, really? It's like, yeah. that, that wouldn't happen, but... And I guess you know, it's supposed to be comical. <laughs> it is. Um, 
I guess her dad's British too. That's another kind of a weird thing. Her dad's name is Nigel, you know, and he has a, uh, an obvious accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie kind of plays, I guess, yeah, how to get away with murder would be a bad example, but it does go uh, back and forth a lot. There, there, there'll be yeah. something that's happening in the present time that will show us, you know, something, uh, a flashback as her as a kid. So little Lizzie is just as prominent as uh, Phoebe Cates uh, in, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um her, uh, we get like a really brief montage because you know it's you know eighties nineties uh, of her mom trying to get her dolled up uh, back to, uh, to to get back with Charlie, and I like the scene where uh, they come back home and she's dressed like exactly like her mom, you know, a haircut, the, the, the exact same clothes. Oh my god, yeah, I found it and so weird and disturbing. It, it, yeah, it's. I'm sure there's some kind of syndrome for that, you know, where the parent is trying to, you know, still make their child you know look like them i guess i don't know well i think part of it is too like i said i think a lot of it was set up from the mom for the simple fact to make her look older because like in the beginning she looked very kiddish like her hair was longer you know she was wearing like very conservative looking clothes so i think it's her mom's attempt to kind of like make her more appealing like let's put you in more I don't know, adult looking clothing than what you're wearing. Let's cut your hair short, make you look a little older to make her look appealing, I guess, to him again. Yeah. Well, what is, uh, what is the thing that she wears? It, it's kind of, I think it was kind of denim and it looks like an overall, but it's, a, it's actually a dress. A dress. Yeah. Is that called anything or is that just a regular dress and that's just a style, but it looks like a one piece dress with the sh- uh, shoulder yeah kind of thing i don't i think it's just a dress it almost kind of reminds you of like what people call like i don't know what are those big house coat nightgown looking dresses moo's or something it looks something weird like that it um it reminds me of something like michelle would wear in full house you know it just makes me think of a little girl yeah yeah and the only thing missing is a like a cardigan you know over it or something exactly yeah so yeah she she is like um purposely made to look like a somebody who hasn't quite matured yet and i guess maybe that's why charlie has gone to annabella and i'll be honest annabella dresses a lot sexier you know and i I can see why i mean not that i agree with that or condone (laughs) adultery she Um, was an actual woman (laughs) yeah yeah she acted her age i guess you know and Mm -hmm. they could have been about the same age but uh yeah phoebe kate she is not um they're they're not that well they're making making her look like a kid you know and that's the unfortunate mm-hmm. part because she in her life she's supposed to have moved on so i i don't get why she like her style you know and, and the long hair and the headband thing um that she wore yeah it just it was not a good it. luck no no um so she found a note from charlie uh, and she thinks that charlie wants to get back with her so she goes back home to find out that it was fred that really wrote the letter um, and they kind of have a nice moment because she starts crying because she really thought it was Charlie, you know. And so mm-hmm. I thought this moment was kind of sweet. And he's like, "Well, you know, um, what is it about him? You know?" And she's like, "I really love him. Um, he brings me flowers, and he, you know, he get, gets me wine." And I'm like, "Those aren't really things to really love somebody over, <laughs> you know." Well, she probably didn't have much with this guy, so I'm sure for her that was more of a sentimental thing yeah i mean it probably probably first love i guess 
mean, mm, she's probably. a pretty girl, but I mean, it just, it wasn't very good reasons, you know, to want to get back with this guy, really. I mean, he, he cheated yeah. on her and she was just kind of like ready to forgive that, I guess, just so he can, they can be back together again. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't buying it. No. I guess Drop Dead Fred sleeps like a bat. So there's a, there's a part where she sneaks out of the house and he's like hung upside down sleeping. And uh, she goes to see Janie, who lives in like a boathouse or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, Lizzie, goes to see Janie and was like, look, I, I just want you to come back with me. So, you know, if you see him, I know I'm not crazy, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then the next morning, we get this Fred shows up after Janie goes to work. So it's just Lizzie and Fred on this houseboat. And then he sinks her, her house, Janie's house. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. That's when I was just like, okay, like the practical jokes and the random things is fine. But like, I was like, wow, he went like to the extreme on that. Like that was someone's house. Like that was a little too much. It is absolutely because it, yeah, it completely sinks in underwater. Yeah. And then we we see like, uh, I, I like this shot too, where like um, uh, Lizzie's walking to like through through the halls like to Janie's you know where Janie is at work and mm-hmm. like her shoes are squishing you know obviously still filled with water and then like she goes to see Janie and uh she, you know she uh Lizzie tells Janie what happened about the house and then and then they and then Lizzie sees like Fred inside the the meeting that that Janie was just in sitting in her seat and then like Lizzie's like oh yeah uh, he's in there in your seat and she's like oh okay and like she buys all of this too she you know she completely um, believes Lizzie which I like you know that's what you want in a friend right to believe mm. you and so so Janie walks back into this office full of uh, full of people you know around this uh, t- table you know some kind of executive meeting something really business like right and then she goes over to the chair which is empty. And then, like, she looks over to Lizzie on the other side of the window. It's like, you know, is he here? And she's like, yeah. So, <laughs> so Janie's like, um, hi, hi there, you little, you know, you little cutie or whatever. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, well, Janie, nobody else sees him. You don't even see him. Like, why are you even talking to, like, nothing? So she wheels the chair outside into the hallway. And then she's like... She she pretends to grab a hold of Fred's uh, neck. She's like, "Do I got him?" And then she looks over at Lizzie and like Fred's standing next to Lizzie, like shaking her head, yes. And then, and then she starts like to pretend strangle the air, like puts him to the ground, takes off her shoes, and starts like and starts beating, beating the ground with it. Yeah, and I'm all like, "Yeah, it was like I'll, I'll be honest, it was funny, but I'm thinking like you can't see the uh, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like Lizzie said, yes, you you have you got a hold of him." But I just thought it was really weird because everybody's watching her because, you know, the, the office is, you know, has the, like the windows, you know, it's not walls. Mm-hmm. So er- everybody in the office is watching her. Everybody in the hallway is just like, what the hell is going on? So, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. But at the same time, like, what is going on here? And again, this is like Princess Leia doing all of this. I know. It. Well, think about it. You just found out your house sank. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to you're going to do something extreme at least it was to something not there compared to an actual person mm-hmm. but i just thought it was funny that she made it seem like it was a small person though right <laughs> like she thought it was like a little like almost like a little kid like how she was or something but she was just like when she grabbed him and threw him to the ground i was like oh my god 
Even if Fred, see, you're right, because Lizzie, I don't think, ever mentions that Fred is actually a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> but even if Fred was a little kid, I, I understand he's imaginary, but now, now you're beating a little kid with, a little with kids, like right? your heel. <laughs> <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> right. You take that, you little shit. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I don't know if this is an editing thing, but right after that scene, it appears that Lizzie's like walking through the mall. And like Fred is still following her. And then there's like this um a couple musicians, you know, in the middle of this mall. And there's like a little audience. There's a couple violinists. And uh and then like Lizzie and Fred start arguing in, in the middle of the audience, and they're like, you know, they're they're shishing her. And then she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. She sits down, and then all of a sudden Fred happens to be playing a violin and he's playing it badly too, you know, yeah. like, uh, all out of tone uh, tune and and all this. So Lizzie walks up to him and she's like, you know, I told you to get out of here and starts like wailing, you know, at Fred with her, with her purse. And it, you know, and then like the, um, I like this shot too. It was actually kind of nice. The, uh, after she hits Fred one time with her purse, he drops the violin. So the shot pans down to the violin and it's broken. Mm-hmm. And then when you pan back up, she's hitting like a, a woman you know, who was actually playing the violin. So I thought that was kind of a a neat shot there. But I was just like, well, first of all, how did she get to the mall? So does Janie work at the mall? And (laughs) I don't know, I thought this was kind of like, you know, I thought she could have gone to jail for like um, assault. assault For like beating the lady with her bag. Yeah. Right. But I mean, she does get arrested. Her mom bails her out. And it it appears that her mom like only kind of reimburses the lady for uh, for the violin, you know, and her mom like threw some kind of off joke too, like, uh, you know, that's an expensive violin for playing at the mall or or something like that. And her mom's petty. Uh, Yeah. So they go to Dr. Ryland, who I think is a child psychiatrist, but also her mom's therapist or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, she gets like some some kind of medication for uh, for Lizzie to make Fred go away. But this is the scene where like Fred runs into his uh, his crew, you know, of all the other imaginary friends. What do you think of that scene? I thought that was interesting. I thought it was kind of funny how they were like all in the same place for like I, apparently the same problem, quote unquote. But I thought that was neat how they did that. I enjoyed that part. Yeah, I completely forgot about it, and it was kind of, it, it was kind of interesting to watch them all um, kind of interact with one another. But there was probably, I think, four other imaginary friends. They all happened to be there together, and I think Fred's like, "Oh, now the crew is back together." I'm like, "Wait, wait, this is your crew? You guys just all coincidentally happened to be at this office all at, at the same <laughs> all time?" The same doctor. <laughs> Yeah, the same doctor, the same office. But it, it was kind of cool because we do get to see that the other kids that have these imaginary friends, they don't get to see the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. So so you only get to see your imaginary friend. So yeah. so they're finally getting to see what it looks like to other people, you know, when they're watching the, the kid, you know, kind of interact. Mm-hmm. So after they get to pres- prescriptions, I guess... I guess Lizzie's on bed arrest or, or something because now she's got like this this big butch nurse. I mean, I, I, I think that might be offensive. <laughs> yeah, no, she was. She was scary. Yeah. And I guess she was also like a black belt. Yeah, she didn't say a black belt in what, but she, she just said, like, uh, yeah, I'm a black belt. Um, and then like Mickey comes to her and it looks like he's got like a box, you know, like some kind of a gift for her. But 
her mom won't even let her in and um or let him in i'm sorry uh because yeah she doesn't want lizzie to have visitors and then we get like a flashback scene to the uh, the mud pie scene and this is where um he calls her the mega beast again you know while lizzie's a kid but uh he hops into the uh the jack-in-the-box that we first saw earlier in the movie right so we're like okay so this is going to be the, the big pivotal scene here uh of you know we get to see it uh taped up and stuff but basically what happens is um at during lunch i guess it is uh fred busted open this cornflakes box you know so now you got cereal all over the floor he goes outside of the house and brings like a big pile of dirt you know and puts it all over the table the pouring milk all over it and all these things so a complete mess which another thing when he's raising causing chaos wrecking havoc you know around the house do the parents not hear you know like all all the sounds and you know things like that because i know her mom's just like you know lizzie you you know you you okay over there or whatever but they never come check on these loud noises or whatever yeah that i thought was like the weirdest thing because she's like dropping glass and breaking glass too yeah It it's like not like a thud kind of noise or like a chair got pushed into hard or doors closing. Like it's nothing like that. Like things are breaking, and they're just like, "Is everything all right in there?" Yeah, no, okay, great. And I'm like, yeah. "What?" Gotta establish these rules. Like there's gotta be something. Um, but also her mom just had about enough of it. This is when you know, like Lizzie's holding the you know the the the, the box, the the jack in the box, and then her mom takes it away. And she's telling the dad, like, here, you do it. You know, you tape it up. And then we find out that the dad, he's just like, no, you know, I don't think it's right. You know, mm-hmm. and so we see that the her dad kind of encourages this, you know, having the, the imaginary friend, despite everything that's happened. Her dad has been arrested. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And he doesn't want to tape up a box. And so I want to see that. I want to see what's up with the dad. Why? Why is he so supportive about her having this? creative imaginary friend but it's, it's really weird because okay her mom tapes up the box the dad does not agree with it and then they don't even really fight but but she basically says that he's not a good parent or whatever he grabs his keys looks at lizzie and walks out and that was a little sad for me because like he really like looks at her and really thinks about it like you know i don't want to do this but your mom is making me, you know, and, and yeah. then and, and then that gets dropped. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought in one part of it, I thought it showed like the parents kind of arguing. And I don't know if it was this scene or if it was like before it and this was like kind of like the last of it. But I thought it showed like the parents arguing about whatever the case was um, about like her having the her imaginary friend and getting into the mischief and the dad not like being more parental about it like you know you need to tell her to knock it off i'm the one who always has to do it and deal with it and like fred was more like comforting to her like listen you know i'm here for you you don't have to listen to them i'll you know i'll take care of you i thought it was he had like that moment and then when she finally like locked him up lizzie had like nobody yeah and the mom is controlling and the dad's just kind of like she's a kid let her be a kid like you don't remember running around doing that and it's like the mom wanted her to be more more prissy in a way like more 
like if you don't shape up and get it together now at the age of six, you're never going to find a husband kind of thing. Like that's why I feel like later on is why she's still so childish and mousy. Yeah. Is because of the way the mom controlled her. Yeah, you're right. Th- that that all happens in the scene. And uh, there was also, you know, you were talking about like, you know, trying to um, uh, get her right. Basically, there, she says, can I have some cereal? And then her mom's like, may I have some cereal? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that was still proper. <laughs> it's, uh, I know, yeah, right? Yeah. I got the good china for it. Like, my God. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really sad. Her dad leaves, and and I really wish that they brought that back somehow. You know, even like in her adult life. But I mean, mm-hmm. j- just from face value, it seems like the dad just kind of left up and left the family because of the mom. I that's mm-hmm. kind of what I got from it. Yeah. So, um, and doesn't the mom kind of bring that up? Like he left because of you. Like doesn't she say that at one point in the movie? I think I think that was towards the end they they have the fight yeah. because that's when she also like decides like you know what I'm I'm going to leave you you know uh, Yeah cuz she goes to walk out and she's like don't you walk out like your father did or something like that I think she mentioned Yeah yeah and and again like they they bring that back and I I just wish that um you know maybe the father she could have gone to as an adult you know like mm-hmm. her mom was like trying to take her away and be like look I'm going to get you right and get you back with Charlie I wish she could have gone see you know to see her dad or something and be like, look, you know, you were the one who was supportive of me having this imaginary friend. I need you now. Yeah, exactly. So, that would have been nice. Yeah. So I think that was a missed opportunity for that. So I, I think that would have been, you know, I, I didn't look up the director to see what else he's done. So I, you know, yeah. Hey, hey, it's again early <laughs> '90s movie. Um, so uh, Fred. Oh, so that was a flashback. So now in present time, uh, Fred, you know, he um. He tells her about this note that she wrote uh, to him, which I guess she hid in uh, she hid in the tool shed or or something that he found. It is it's really cute too because it's like scribbles and a bunch of circles. So there's like no letters whatsoever. He's like, you see, you said forever, <laughs> and that if I came back, that we would run away. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cute, and so he convinces her to sneak out of the house, you know, because the, uh, you know, the nurse is there, so they can't really get out the regular way. So they, she breaks her bedroom window and climbs out. And at the same time meets, uh, runs into Mickey, who's climbing up the tree to come see her. So I, I thought this was going to turn into something, but it never did. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of alluded it earlier that, um, you know, that, that something with Mickey, well, maybe didn't, but, um, yeah, I thought it was going to, you know, go somewhere because they seemed in- interested in each other. I know he is, obviously. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like kind of compatible. Yeah. I mean, they were childhood friends, you know. So uh, so Fred and her, they go to a uh, like a wine tasting party that Charlie was having. Sure. Okay. And <laughs> I, I liked the, how Fred was looking like kind of like a leprechaun because that's his theme. You know, he's wearing a lot of green. He's got the orange hair, but his hair was like a troll doll too. You know, kind of like... Kind of like a Ace Ventura kind of hair. Yeah. Yeah. He had a nice and slick back. Right. And then um, Lizzie was looking kind of nice, you know, a little grown up, uh, what she was wearing, like some kind of purple dress or whatever. And I completely forgot about this one scene, but as they're walking by, I, I, I don't remember if they're locked to arms too, but if they were, that'd be weird for anybody looking at her. But there, there's this uh, server, this male server, like in a toga, you know, who's like serving like uh, hors d'oeuvres and stuff. 
and like uh, Fred walks by and like derobes him and then he's completely nude and you see, you see his butt. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm like, so again, is this a kid's movie or what? Because that's a little, that's a little much for like a kid to be seeing, right? I mean, even, yeah, someone's bare butt. Yeah, I, I'm sure little boys would get a kick out of it. Like, ah, that's a butt. But then now you're exposing like a little girl to a man's butt. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's just a butt, but still, I mean, he's... It, for me it didn't come out as comical because the guy was like he, he looked like he worked out you know so he had like a <laughs> so it wasn't like a flabby you know funny body right it was actually yeah. kind of like a I I can see like the the older girls or something be like ooh, you know that's a nice touch kind of thing you yeah. know I, I don't know like I know I think PG-13. I was just like oh my god what is this I think I may have turned my head <laughs> at that age I was like oh my god yeah yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like other movies that came out around the same time that might have had a very similar humor. And I'm thinking Problem Child, you know, w- which was probably also PG-13 and, you know, had like comparing content, you know, so maybe yeah. that's what they were going for. Um, I don't remember what else really happens in this uh, party scene, except for that uh, th- this is where um, Fred is like sliding, you know, on the floor on the floor and then he finds this woman you know he, and he looks up her dress he's like no panties no panties and i remember that line and i thought that's what he said to the mom earlier in the movie but it wasn't mm-hmm. and come to find out that uh you know lizzie's talking to her or he, she was trying to get fred you know from out from under there and then the girl turns around and she's like oh i'm just admiring your dress blah 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 they start talking and then we find out that this is annabella this is who charlie cheated on her with um mm-hmm. uh, you know completely opposite of her right she's a blonde lizzie's a brunette she's dressed you know really sexy and she doesn't appear to act like a child you know she's not very timid um i i didn't get that she was ditzy either so she actually seemed like an okay person yeah yeah it was like a weird it was like a weird moment between them because like when annabelle found out who she was she was i don't know like the reaction she gave i wasn't expecting yeah, well, because she she did ask Charlie, who Charlie's looking at um, Lizzie, kind of like, well, who are you? Because her hair is completely chopped off, you know, mm-hmm. thanks to Fred earlier, too. And uh, her mom shortened it, and then Fred chopped it off. But then, like, mm-hmm. you know, the dress she's wearing is something that she normally wouldn't wear. But, yeah, Annabella was just like, I, I thought you said she was mousy or whatever. You know, yeah, something like that. Because, yeah, yeah the impression that Charlie gave her was obviously like, oh, my wife, pff, you know, she's nothing like you you know yeah kind of thing um but uh so charlie being the jerk that he is he comes after her at the house you know comes back and is like oh you know i want you now you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and then like fred you know he's really looking out for her telling her no 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 and this is when she starts slowly taking the pills Mm -hmm. and little by little we see that it really affects fred and he starts to get these painful feeling in his stomach um which i thought was weird like she's slowly taking it if she really wants to get rid of him why wouldn't she take it a little bit more regularly but there was like a like a brief montage you know like there's one part where charlie is shaving and she's helping him and then like fred's like slit his throat and then like (laughs) yeah yeah and then lizzie takes like another pill you know um what did you think about how Lizzie was so quick to turn once that Charlie came back to her? I don't know. I I figured it would probably happen because that's all she's known and that's all she's had. And then all of a sudden, you know, one day everything is gone. 
So I'm sure she didn't want to live with her mom. I'm sure she'd rather have lived with him and dealt with him instead of her mom. But I don't know. It was just kind of frustrating how, you know, two seconds he – one second he doesn't want to be with her, the next second he does, and how she's, like, still naive and blind to it. Yeah. Like, because, running back to him. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Right. And, like, the first time he comes back, you know, they, they start kind of kissing. And then he's like, oh, Annabella. And then, like, she stops and is like, wait, what did you say? He goes, what? What happened? She said, you, you call me Annabella. He's like, no, I didn't. And then oh, this is, like, the stupidest excuse, you know. And, and she buys it, too. That's what pisses me off about Lizzie. She she bought this line. You know, um, Charlie's like, wouldn't it be better that... I'm here with you and call you Annabella than to be with, with, uh, and, and to say, Oh, Lizzie and be somewhere else with someone else. And I'm just like, what the hell does that even mean? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And she's just like, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, what? I was yeah, like, where exactly. is Fred? Smash something on his head. You're throwing yeah. things any other time. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's Fred? Like grab your heel and stomp, the, you know, this guy in the face or, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, throwing oh, food, get your hand and slap him. Like, come on. Yeah, I yeah I don't like how Lizzie turns like this. And then um, they're they're uh, Lizzie's making like dinner for for Charlie, and they they sit down, and then she like uh, pulls off the, the 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 lid or whatever, and it's like a mud pie, you know. Oh, yeah, it's like a really like it's like gourmet looking too. <laughs> you know, it, it's and like, it oozes. Yeah, it oozes out, and then you know Charlie's like, well, "What what the hell is this?" And then she blames it on Fred again. And then she's like, look, you know, it's or Charlie's like, it's either him or me. And she's like, no, no, it's, it's you. It's totally you. I'm going to make you a nice romantic salad. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, okay. <laughs> and so, like, she makes him a salad. And then, like, uh, Charlie kind of, like, uh, goes wash up or whatever. And then while making the salad, she's like, uh, she pulls out, like, the black pepper, which makes her sneeze, right? So that that's being brought up again, right? So that's... um. What's that called? Like Chekhov's, Chekhov's black pepper, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they brought it up earlier. So it's going to be used in the third act. So, uh, so she sneezes on Fred again. So it, it, it blows him around the house. And then he ends up like, uh, what is that thing called where the wall doesn't completely go all the way up, you know? And so he's like laying on top of the, oh, on, on the wall. Um, I don't know. That was, I always thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, why is the wall like missing? Like, a section of the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like why, what was there that you, you didn't build it all the way up? I just thought that that was always the weirdest thing. I wonder if that's, uh, if I've only seen that in this movie, because I don't know if yeah. that's an actual thing, but no. I mean, it, I mean, it's a, uh, it, it works, right? It's a plot device, I, I guess. Or exactly. Something. So f Fred is on top of this wall and he can see into the other room where Charlie is. And Charlie's on the phone with Annabella, you know, saying all these things like, okay, well we already knew he was up to no good. That's no secret, but you mm -hmm. know, Fred is now seeing it. So he tells Lizzie, Lizzie, you know, she kind of checks uh, on, uh, looks in on herself. And yeah, she, she hears him um, talking to Annabella saying like, look, she, you know, I'm, I'm in control of all of this and she doesn't know what's going on. And so she, yeah, she figures it out and then she leaves Charlie and then um, this this was kind of weird because she she starts to not feel good herself. Like she's also getting like sick in the stomach. And mm -hmm. then Fred's laying on the ground like, here, you know, come with me kind of thing. And then like she falls onto Fred and then they both disappear, which was really weird. Yeah. And then they take this trip to like some kind of dreamland kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And this is where she like conquers her fears. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Yeah, she, like it's. Not, it's not her house, or is it her house? 
it's, her childhood I, house again, but like. Right, because there's there's one part where like Charlie's in a Jaguar and she like rips off the emblem and then like the car deflates away, deflates like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, and it has like the living room where it said "Don't walk on it" or something, or like "Don't step on the carpet" because like the mom previously had like shampooed it. So it's like small little things, um, for her to like get over the fear of whatever the case may be, you know, having someone control her, being alone, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, she defeats that fear of her mom. So I don't know. I I thought it was just kind of a weird scene. Um, And then she, um, I I think this is supposed to be like a, you know, kind of a uh, symbolic here, but like she finds her, you know, her young self tied in bed. Was it taped? Taped or tied in bed. And then she Mm -hmm. lets her go. And so she kind of, I guess in a sense, kind of, rescues her ch- inner, inner child. child yeah <laughs> I, I guess question mark <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so th- that's what happens in that, in that scene it's, it's really weird but um you know back to present time you know she leaves her mom and you know y- you think all is well because you know she doesn't see fred anymore and then like she's saying bye to mickey and mickey's like look you know i i, I just wish i was one of your options you know and so i guess they had to talk about like her exploring some new options which doesn't include mickey but mm-hmm. um you know we hear some things going on in the background and it's his daughter natalie like running out basically the uh the caretaker or something like a nanny kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it wasn't me. It was drop dead Fred. I'm just, you know, I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, well, of course. <laughs> Who it, else? Yeah, of course it had to be Fred. And it, was, it was just, you know, a big coincidence that it happened to make, be Mickey's daughter. So, uh, yeah, you, you know, I guess, um, I, I wish I could have read up more on like, psych, you know, uh, child psychology or whatever, but I, I guess, from what I get from the end, it's it's Lizzie, you know, she um dropped it Fred only existed because of like her how her mom was suppressing like her inner child or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's why Fred was around all that time. So so now that she can confront her mom, that that kind of releases her from that. And then that also explains no more dropped at Fred. But I wonder mm-hmm. if the pills had anything to do with it. I don't think the pills had anything to do with it. If she would have kept taking them, maybe. But it's it just seemed like she didn't have any friends growing up. Like she wasn't playing with anyone on like in the neighborhood. She didn't have friends over. So it seemed like, you know, that was like her only friend. She made up someone to keep herself entertained at home, you know, to make the messes and have fun. <laughs> but yeah. now that she can finally be who she wants to be or do what she wants to do, and she knows she can do that because she's actually a grown up now. Yeah. So it seemed like, you know, now she's just like, all right, I'm going to go do what I want to do. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the movie. But I got some trivia here and tell me what you think about some of this here. So uh, apparently Robin Williams was offered the role of Drop Dead Fred, but instead chose to play uh, Peter Banning in the movie Hook. Really? Yeah. So I recently I just reviewed good... Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. I know, Absolutely. I, I know. Um, yeah, good choice on that. I can totally see him being Drop Dead Fred, and it might have worked, but i rather have seen him in Hook, definitely. Yeah, I, there's something about uh, the, the, the actor, uh, well, I, I remember his name was Rick. Um, 
Rick Mayall. I, I thought he did a really good job as as Drop Dead Fred. I, I can see Robin Williams in it, and I think it would have been a different movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that would have been a bad cast casting. You know, I think Robin Williams would have been fine, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think also this movie would have been, you know, re- kind of remembered as like a Robin Williams movie, too, had he been in it. So this one's a little bit more like not a lot of people remember this anymore. No, it's funny because like I'll I'll mention it. And people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, how about this? This uh, the script was offered to Tim Burton to direct, but he declined. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if it would have mm-hmm. been Tim Burton and Robin Williams. But again, it could have been. It could have been like, okay, well, Tim Burns also did a Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, kind of a kind of a classic also, you know, and I could I could see this as a a quirky movie. Like, I think I think, again, that would have been really good for the movie had they gotten Tim Burton and and Robin Williams again, not to not to take anything from uh, Rick Mile. Now, here's a couple actresses who were considered for the role of Lizzie Uh, Leah Thompson from Back to the Future. Oh, Which, okay. yeah, I think she was already done with Back to the Future three. That would have been interesting, and I could kind of see the same, same kind of character too. Uh, Molly Ringwald, Julia Roberts was even considered, oh, and wow. Winona Ryder. Yeah, I don't know if any of those would have worked, except for maybe Molly Ringwald. But yeah. that's also after like the Brat Pack stuff too. I think Leah Thompson mm. I could have gone with. Yeah. I don't think Julia Roberts would have been good at all. No. And um, let me see. I'm trying to think. That would have been weird. 91. What would she come out? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what she was doing around then. But she might have been slightly too big for this. A couple people that were considered for Mickey, uh, the the childhood friend there, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, which I guess would would make sense if you went with Molly Ringwald, right? Uh, Yeah. Charlie Sheen. I could kind of see that, you know, it's a small role anyway. Yeah. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. I, I don't, I wouldn't have bought that. Um, I think he was just too big for back to the future, you know? Yeah. To, to play a, a small role. Like Mickey is seriously a small role. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Brolin was also considered. That's interesting. Brad from Goonies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Huh. And lastly, Keanu Reeves was considered for Mickey. Oh my God! So That's I don't so remember. Weird. I think nine. When did I'm trying to remember when Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey came out? The second one. I want to say ninety ninety one around the same time. So which Keanu Reeves would we had gotten Speed from ninety one Keanu Reeves <laughs> or like <laughs> Bill and Ted Bogus Journey Keanu Reeves? Oh, uh, you would. I don't know. It wouldn't have worked at all. Because I don't think there's an in between for that guy. No, you're gonna get one or the other. Um, yeah, no. I'm not. E- I'm not even gonna get into Charles because they got a bunch of weird names in here. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> possibly as Charles. Mm. I mean, that's just a couple years before Jurassic Park. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who like doesn't he get arrested for child pornography later on? Yeah. Uh, Th- the wait, he? the principal from uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah. Something like oh, that. Man. That would have been terrible for Charles. Like, come on, him and Phoebe Cates? That's weird. Yeah. No. Um, Alec Baldwin was also considered for Charles. I can kind of get that, but I can see it, but I don't think he would have been. I think good he was in much. The pool. Yeah. Um no. 
Gina Davis for Janie. Really? Yeah, I mean, she just did Thelma and Louise. I thought that would have been... I think that would have been a little bit closer in age, right? Gina Davis was younger. Mm-hmm. A lot younger than Carrie Fisher. I don't know. I think Carrie... I don't know. I feel like Carrie Fisher, like, for the role she had and the character she had, I just feel like it suited her. Yeah. I don't know. Gina Davis, I think, would have been weird. Yeah. I mean, role. it wasn't a big role, too, but I can see... Gina Davis, you know, she can pull off comedy. I, you know, I, I do like Gina Davis. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can see her doing that that scene where she's beaten the imaginary friend in the middle of the hallway. Oh, yeah. That I could have seen. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, after a review, we kind of just give our ratings here. Um, I'll go first. Uh, th- this movie definitely brought me back to my childhood, surprisingly, you know, uh, w- which is kind of meta because, you know, this is a movie about, you know, a childhood friend and stuff. And a lot of scenes I remembered and they still kind of worked for me. I still got like a pretty decent laugh. I really did not like the adult version of Lizzie, though I like Phoebe Cates. I thought I thought she was fine in some of her uh, facial reactions, you know, reacting to, uh, you know, Drop Dead Fred, like around other people, you know, trying to keep her composure. Uh, so I really like the actress, but I don't like the character at all. Like she is super naive and too quick to go back to, to Charles. And I, I kind of understand why, but I think it's just, I don't want to say poorly written. It's just, I wish you could have made her a little bit more of a stronger woman, you know, at the, mm-hmm. at the end, because I don't, I don't think it really pays off well, you know, because she's still kind of unsure with her life at the end of the movie. Um, I don't know if I'd watch this again, maybe if it was on like TNT USA or something like that, and I had nothing else to watch. Uh, but it's not a terrible movie. It's just not a very good one. Uh, I think I'm just going to give like an average rating. I'm going to go with like a two and a half. You know, I, I've had some two and a half movies that I've done that uh, I don't think this is like better or worse than those. So I'll, I'll go with two and a half. Yeah, I would probably say at least a three and a half. Like if there was nothing else on or reruns, then I would probably watch it just to watch it. Like I just watched Prancer the other day. Okay, yeah. I rented it. I made my kids watch it. Um. But, yeah, there's just, like, a bunch of small, like, random things that happen throughout the movie that just don't make sense. And they just kind of, like, threw it in there. I guess because it's maybe geared more towards kids. So they don't think anyone's going to pick up on it or notice it. But I don't know. I always just enjoyed it for, like, just something simple to watch. You don't have to – yeah, you don't have to really think too much into it. Obviously, now, as an adult, I'd be like, that don't make sense. But just, like, for the – the comedy factor but yeah it wasn't that great of a movie when it was made it didn't rank too high for back then no no it didn't uh, would you let your girls watch this um it's a product of its time right yeah i would probably have to watch it one more time just to make sure but i'm not sure i feel like it might give them ideas <laughs> right. They'll be like, oh, it was my imaginary friend. I'll be like, no, you don't have one. Knock it off. <laughs> right. And there's two daughters. So sister. you might, yeah, it might be double the trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't know if I would let them watch it. Okay. Yeah. Duh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'd put this on for any of my kids either. I mean, my, my littlest one is, you know, already causes enough trouble on his own. So uh, <laughs> giving him more ideas. Yeah. I wouldn't want that. 
next thing you know, you'll have a mud pie being made in your dining room. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it actually might be something else and not mud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's quite a handful that, that one. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, uh, Nicole, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show. And I, I, I'm, I am glad that you did select this movie because I, I too, you know, watched it when I was younger and uh, it, it was really kind of kind of nice to because we don't get movies like this anymore. Yeah. You know, because now like kid movies, they are straight kid movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get like some in between these, you know, like these PG-13s where they're totally for kids, you know, with uh, some of these, you know, kind of more adult humor. There was one line I forgot to even bring up, but it's when uh, Lizzie goes to see Janie at her home. And um, I think it was the next morning when they all woke up and then like uh, th- that old guy, Murray or Murphy, comes down <laughs> downstairs and... um they were talking about the imaginary friends or something. And then he's like, I, I don't know what that is. I, I have wet dreams, you know, or something like that. And I'm just like, I was like, Oh, that's freaking gross. Ew. Like he just completely said that. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's going to go over a lot of kids heads, mm-hmm. but they're, they're going to ask, they're going to have questions, you know? And yeah. so, so that's this type of movie. And I don't, I feel like, you know, they, they don't do that anymore. You know, now it's like Nickelodeon movies, Disney movies, mm-hmm that are like strictly for kids, you know? Um, yeah. So, so this is definitely a product of its time and it was actually kind of nice, you know, like <laughs> taking a trip back to this a little bit because it, it was funny. I, I think Rick Mayall was, was, was charming. You know, there, mm-hmm. I, I think he really owned this role, you know, like yeah. I, I, I've never seen him in anything else, but I, I can't picture him like being straight, like a straight man. You yeah. Know? No. Kind of like a, you know what? How about this? If this were to be remade, can you see like anybody else like i just because like the accent i was thinking of like foreign comedians i was thinking like simon Pegg could probably play this role do you think he's not goofy enough maybe i don't know maybe he might be able to pull it off yeah it'd be yeah it'd be weird because not just anybody can play this role is there many goofy comedians around that that you know it's like in their mid-30s can't even think i mean i know simon Pegg's older than that but i was just you know and it doesn't have to be you know the guy doesn't have to be a foreign actor but i'm just like you know it was a i don't know i don't know i I feel like you would have to i feel like his accent kind of sets it like i feel like his accent kind of sets his tone for like his attitude okay so when he's like running around yelling snot face i feel like his accent kind of adds to it yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. That would be very interesting. Like, you, you know, I I know nobody would be asking for it, but I wouldn't mind a remake, you know, just, just to see it, you know, done better, written better. Yeah, maybe better a Tim Burton effects. kind of thing or something. Yeah, there you go. You know, Tim Burton declined it once. Maybe he can make it, you know, make it a little bit better. Uh, what, what, another thing that was kind of weird was looking up Phoebe Cates. Like, she hasn't done anything since 2001. I know. She just kind of up and stopped acting. Yeah, she kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's really sad. Uh, but yeah, uh, so for Talking Shauna Land, why don't you tell the listeners like, uh, you know, where they can find you and the show and all that good stuff too. Okay, uh, you can pretty much find us on Twitter at Talking Shonda. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Core Temp Arts and also at coretemparts.com. Uh, Carly graciously 
posts everything onto the website for us. She sets everything up and gets it on there. So any episodes that you need to catch up on are on there as well. Um, iTunes and Stitcher, you can also subscribe and follow us and catch up on all the latest and the older um, episodes as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, again, thank you for coming on. This was a lot Thanks of fun. For having. Yeah, uh, uh, be curious to see what other movies that you got, you know, from from your childhood there. But um, <laughs> yeah, for you know, to stick with the uh, core ten parts, you know, my other show with Devin, we got five. It, it, it's also on there, iTunes and Stitcher, obviously, and uh, FallingFilms.com, You know, where you can find uh, Hydrate Level Four, obviously, and Original Remake, the other show that I do with uh, Michael Denniston from War Machine versus Warhorse. Also on there, you can find other great shows such as Pop Culture Case Studies, uh, True Bromance Film Podcast, Second Class Cinema, C- Cinematic for the People, and also Following Films Pod. Uh, and also one of my other shows that I do back to the future of the animated series, the podcast. So you can find that on barrenspace.com backslash BTTF or all of those can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. So until the next episode, I'm Peter and this is Hydrate Level 4. Bye.